Where'd I put my drink? Hopefully, checking my, is this the green dot good? Is, is one green dot okay? Hey, Rudy, how's it going? Can you hear me okay? Hey, Nikolai. What is this? Oh, that's a microphone. Can you guys hear me okay? Hey, Alri. I'm doing good. Okay, you guys can hear me. Perfect. Perfect, perfect. I always have an issue with my microphones. Hey, Yulo. Hey, Joe. Thank you. Thank you about the beard. Awesome. Why do countries? Thanks, everyone, for showing up for the fourth annual. Can you believe that? Fourth annual Thanksgiving live stream special. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys as well. It's been fun. It's been a fun four years. It will continue to be fun going forward. Get that out of there. Um, Khaki, yes, you're here. You've made it on time. Perfect. Perfect. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. We're really just going to, I'm going to, this is a perfect time for you to guys to, what is these weird shadows? Why is there a, what is that? It's like, it's like a donkey or something. What's causing that? What side's that on? Oh, it's baby Yoda. It's my baby Yoda phone holder. Thank you, Nikolai. I appreciate that. I'm glad when people find the podcast and they enjoy it. It's awesome. Hey, Rico. So, yeah, really, this is a time to answer some questions, to talk about some stuff. Hey, Fabio, how's it going? I was just reading your email the other day, Fabio, about that crazy gang stalker. Crazy. It's so funny because I recently did that episode, and I don't remember what episode it was, and I said... We're going to see more crimes being committed because of gang stalking, not the gang stalkers themselves. The people have this delusion, and Fabio just sent me a crazy story. We're going to cover it next season. It's really, um, it's sad. And I can't think of another time that, like, you know, for the longest time, people believe, and people still do believe this, but I remember back in the 90s that. You know, reptilians, well, that goes even back to the 80s, but reptilians are taking over the planet, conspiracy theory, Earth is flat, conspiracy theory, we're living in the Matrix, conspiracy theory, and um, the gang stalking one has become the most violent um, we see. Boy, boy, hush, just ask if I'm going to do an episode on the Balenciaga conspiracy. You know what's so funny? I was thinking about that, uh, boy, boy, hush. It's, it's weird. So... I don't want to go too deep into it, but I remember like a lot, one time I was on vacation and um, that's when the Wayfair scandal broke. The Ball, Ball Siegia one is these really creepy modeling photographs that are totally inappropriate. I might cover it, boy, boy. I might. Um, the reason why I wouldn't is because it's getting so much coverage in the mainstream media. Um, that's the only reason why I wouldn't. I find it absolutely fascinating. I was just reading a statement by the photographer today saying, I just took the pictures. Like the photographer said, they set, someone else set everything up. And it's two of the photos are of a young, two young girls holding a teddy bear in bondage gear. If you haven't heard of this story, you're lucky. And then you could, that stuff was creepy, but then there was another set of photographs that had a picture of a Balciagia purse on um, a form of documents. And one of the documents was an article of, I mean, you could argue, well, the bondage bear, whatever. 
I would I wouldn't argue that. I would say it was completely inappropriate. But um, the other one had a purse sitting on a pile of documents, and it said on the doc, it made a reference in the documents to a famous court case that struck down a provision um, about child porn and virtual child porn drawings. So that's there's no there's no way to explain that away. There's no way to explain any of it away. But I might be covering that. I'm. The only reason why I wouldn't is because it's getting really big, big coverage. Uh, Banjo Arbuckle said, um, any other good cryptic episodes? You listen to the North Korean cryptic episode. That was a fun. I really liked that North Korea week. Um, other good cryptid episodes. You know, the show went really cryptid heavy back in season four or five. I covered a lot of cryptids because I just happened to come across a really cool cryptid website called Cryptopia. I think that's the name of it. So I would look around there, but I'll, I'll see if I can find some. I really like the one about the cryptid, the urban cryptid. It was one where the, this person was seeing this giant at a subway station and no one else could notice them. I don't remember what episode that was, though. That was a really cool one. Then I did an episode. I think it's the Man Beast of Chicago. There's a really good tool I use. It's the Dead Rabbit Radio website, uh, deadrabbitradio.libson.com. It, there's a search bar. So if I'm really stuck on trying to remember a story, I'll type in. I'll go, well, that story took place in Chicago. I'll type that in, and then it'll pull up every time I reference Chicago in the description of the show notes. So, But what I would love to do is set up a page. You know, I just this podcast takes a lot of work. I would love to have a page that's like, here's all the cryptid episodes. Here's all the gang stalking episodes. Like, you could literally click through them. That's definitely something we need to know. Um, and then Akha and No Context, we'll talk about this too. You guys both brought up the YouTube thing. So, because what happened was I announced it on the podcast, but a lot, I'm still hearing from a lot of people going, dude, what happened? Jason hasn't put out anything in a month. In brief, uh, behind the scenes, YouTube was constantly giving me content strikes, constantly giving me content strikes. Hey, Emilio, real quick, checking from work. Thanks for stopping by. The, um, they kept giving me content strikes, and most of them were related to linking to nudity. And I was like, I don't, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I was linking to Reddit posts that were talking about gross stuff. And they said I was linking to nudity. So they kept giving me these strikes, and I kept arguing. This has been going on for months. I would argue them. They would take it down. Now, about a year or two ago, they actually gave me a copyright Not a copyright strike. They gave me a content strike for a week. I was like, whatever. And so I started not even including my show notes anymore. But then a couple months passed and I started doing my show notes again. And they, what they do is they go back like three or four months. They're hitting me for stuff that is not even current. Well, recently, and I've always been able to fight it saying this isn't, it's not nude, it's not nude. Well, recently they hit me with two in a row. One was for nudity, which I didn't do. And then the other one was for um, promoting violence. It was the Aquarium Gate story. Now watch this live stream may get pulled off just because I said that, but it was for that. And I appealed it and said, "There's no, I'm not. I, if anything, I was disputing the conspiracy theory. I was saying this is why this doesn't make sense. This is why this doesn't make sense. I didn't believe it at all. And um, they agreed that it wasn't violent, but they said I was cyberbullying, and they struck the channel down for a week and I said, you know what, I'm not gonna play this game anymore. They don't let you like use blood in the title. They don't want you to use certain words when you're describing stories. And I said, I'm not gonna worry about it. So I apologize to the people who do mostly view the show on YouTube. But um 
that was a change I had to make. I felt myself self-censoring because I was like, ah, oh, YouTube's going to have a problem with this. I won't cover this story. And that's not a good place to be. Now, um, I, I, the reason why I'm not doing, I wanted to keep the YouTube channel up for the shorts. We're going to be doing a lot more shorts content, which is in addition to the podcast. It doesn't, it's a supplement thing. And for doing live streams, for doing the live streams, YouTube is rolling out a podcast component next year. So we might start doing it again. They might be a little more um, forgiving, but we'll find out. We'll find out. So it's not that I'm never going to post again, but for now, we're just going to take a step back. Jack Snap, thanks for swinging by. First, last, we want Hans is what we got there. And yeah, you know, Hans, Han, I like Hans. He has to be done in small doses. Otherwise, it just becomes too much. It just becomes too much. Um, nuclear glue. And I, let me see. I've dropped down this uh, donation here. Badjun, uh, hello from France. Won't be able to sit through for the whole, um, through much of the live stream, but I love your stuff. Go, Jason. Earth first. Earth first. I'm still working on that episode. I'm a little behind. I'm a little behind, but that was a good episode. I like that. Nuclear Glue asked, why was it called the 14th Family? Originally, like the first four or five episodes were called the 14th Family. That was from, it's kind of a complicated thing. I did explain it in an episode, but real quickly, originally, the podcast as it is now, I didn't know if I was going to keep doing nonfiction, which is what the show is. I thought, well, what if I had it be fictional i i released a couple episodes like that they were called listener mail no one no one listened to them so i stopped doing it 14th family was going to be this kind of originally you're only supposed to hear the last 30 seconds of each real episode and then we go into a fictional story called the 14th family it's based on this idea i had that there's 13 families that control the world that's what the illuminati is and then yet there is a 14th family that is their internal police force. They're above all the families. I think it's a really cool idea for a book series. It's basically law and order in high society, but also with cryptids and demonology and Balencia, weird conspiracies. And you have these cops basically having to investigate this stuff. And every case ends at the door of a billionaire. And they're like, what are you doing here? And they're like, well, we're the 14th family. We actually supersede all other laws of the Illuminati. So th that, that's why that popped up. And then the Basque connection is on Basque. So that's where that came from. A couple of people are mentioning the Sam, the Sandown Clown as a good cryptid story to listen to. So that, that is a good one. Atcha asked, when are Bigfoot pictures considered nudity? Someday. Watch, someday they will. When we get too close to the truth, they'll try to shut us down. Let's take a look here. Thanks for swinging by, like an art. Yeah, Cyber Bunny needs his Hans gets tiring after a while. I was listening to episodes to do for classics, and I I really try hard not to do in jokes because every episode someone's first episode. And I was listening to it did Back to Future did Back to Future predict nine eleven, and I was like, oh, let's go, dude! This is gonna be a dope episode. It's I, I can barely listen to it. It's a bunch of fraud. I should say I can barely listen to it, but. It starts off with Franz, who was our non-copyrightable version of Hans, showing up. And I was like, dude, if I just, this is the first episode I'd ever listened to. I'm like, what is this? Who, what does this guy have to do with anything? I used Franz on that episode, and I used him on the episode about Bam Magara's afterlife. I used him in episodes that it was, explaining the conspiracy theory was less interesting than talking about it. Like, I had to set up numbers and numerolog numerological things and, 
But I do like Hans. Like, Hans is back. Hans is doing stuff. I would love to have Hans. You know, Hans lives in Oregon. Hans mentioned that. One day I was watching one of his videos, and he goes, our governor, Kate Brown, and I was like, whoa, 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 wait, what? What? You live in Oregon? Oh, dude, wouldn't that be? I, the way that life is, we probably pass by people. Hey, Nick James slash Nick Buston with that really cool intro. Callum Frazier dropping a donation, even though Thanksgiving isn't a thing here. I wanted to say thanks for the effort and making the show. I look forward to listening every day. Thank you, Callum. Callum? Calum? Is that going to be my first mispronounced name that um, we're going to come across? Boy, so, but thank you for the donation, and hopefully I pronounced your name right. Uh, boy Boy Hush said, did William Cooper influence you in any way? I'm going to be honest. He was before my time. Like, I started researching this stuff when I was a kid. So I was away. He wrote uh, Behold a Pale Horse, right? I could be ignorant on that, but um, he was before my time. Like, I didn't read a lot of Chariots of the Gods. I didn't read a lot of Erica Daniken and any of that stuff. Rico in Acapulco. I like your take on gang stalking as a memetic info hazard. Oh, that's a, that, yeah, yeah. I Did, did I say that? No, that sounds like a great, <laughs> that sounds like a great idea. Um, would love to see info hazard story topics on the show. You know what? That's what I need. I need my little... Because I do get some cool story ideas during this. Let's see. Thank you so much for the donation, Info Hazards. And then let's get Chime Chili. Thank you so much for that donation. I'm at work and can't stick around, but thank you for all that you do. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for being a supporter of the show. Thanks for your amazing donation. That's so funny. I was just, did you get your sticker yet? Chime, I'm actually getting ready to send out a bunch of stickers, and I was just saw that you, your Patreon support, I was like, I need to really make sure everyone has their address. But have a great day at work. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for the, your donation. That is so much. And I hope you guys all have a happy Thanksgiving. Gustavo. Um, oh, I just talked about the YouTube situation. We do think we're going to come back on YouTube at some point. They're going to have a podcast component eventually. But um, for right now, yeah, we talked about that a little bit before. Um, it was just they kept hitting me with strikes. They kept hitting me with strikes. Nikolai asked, this is an interesting question, what is the um, the worst group of people the podcast has had to deal with so far? The copyright strikes over the 14th family, I don't know what that is. I never got any copyright strikes to the 14th family. I made that up. The MLO was the misanthropic Luciferian order. They they would never they would constantly be like, you don't know what you're talking about, man these guys rock or whatever. I was like, whatever. And the forest fin people, I think were the worst, were the worst. It was so ongoing. It was so effective in the sense that I was just like, well, I shouldn't say it was, it, it was effective in riling me up and I'm not a reactionary, but I started reacting. And you know, I've never done that since. Like there have been people who have come after me since never mentioned them. Never mentioned them. The Forest Finn people. <laughs> the Forest Finn people got under my craw to the point where I released a whole episode about them. And that's just not who... The show can't be reactionary. It's so funny, though, on my vacation, Nikolai, I was playing Dying Light. Dying Light, the zombie parkour game. It's really fun. And I was on a mission where I had to unlock these clues. And I was like, ah. And then I looked at that because I couldn't figure it out. Dying Light's a really hard game. I had to keep using the... I had to keep going on Google and figuring stuff out. One, and finally, when I was looking for it, one of the missions was called the one where you had to solve all the clues, the thrill of the chase. And I go, where do I know that from? And it's the name of Forrest Finn's book. So 
Forrest Finn, for, for everything I've said about him, he's in a video game. I'm not in a video game yet, but I thought that was pretty funny. Um, and looking at Andia guy saying that, uh, doesn't believe in supernatural, but can't shake my belief in time travelers. That is an interesting thing. And that's interesting because it does, that's more scientific, right? So you could probably make allowances for that. Let me drop down to this donation real quick. Sugoi says, I literally never donate to YouTubers, but your hundreds of hours of content has got me through many rough shifts. Happy Thanksgiving, Jason. And I hope I pronounced your name right. Um, Sugio, that makes me feel good because that's how I listen to podcasts was I'd be at work and I couldn't wait to get, to, I'd be like, oh, a new episode out and or I'd be sitting there at work and I'd be refreshing. I'm like, come on, it's Tuesday, guys. I know you put out a show every week. Where's your episode at? Cecil Quizzle quote, Coddle, what's your favorite cryptid? That's such an interesting question. That's a really interesting question. I honestly think like the one that sticks with me, I think about it not all the time. But let's say when I'm out walking, but one of the, like out of all, like obviously you could say Bigfoot and stuff like that, but I covered a story a long time. I don't know why this stuck in my head. I, it's a story I covered. I think it was in Brazil. It was a woman who slept with a priest and then got turned into a mule with no head. It was just flames shooting out of its head. And if it found you walking through wilderness, it would trample you to death. The only way to hide from it was to lay face down and cover up your fingernails and your teeth. I love that one. I don't remember the name of it, but I thought that one, I, I guess because it's so, you, it's so visual. It's so like, you can just imagine, like that's such, you could just see a painting of that, a man in the mud and walking. You'd be like, what is this painting about? But a man in the mud late at night and there's a horse with no head and flames shooting out of its stump walking past him. In fact, that and the Mbunche, which I think was in Chile, was also, that was the creepiest one because that was what my fear is. That was people being turned into cryptids. Yeah, that was a really good episode. Really early stuff. Gustavo, big 100s. What is that? Do I have like the 100s thing? Is that like a thing? But thank you for being here. I'm not for sure what that comment is. Robert Paulson, I haven't revealed myself to be an alien yet. Yet. Did I show you? I did. I showed you guys this sexy alien that I got. I used it for some fan art. This is my sexy alien statue. You can see it in 3D now. You know what? And what sucks, i got to show the booty. I'm so bad. I, I don't remember who sent it to me. But, you know, I could probably find the box here. I actually still have the box, but I really appreciate it. I really do appreciate it. SK, thanks for swinging by. Really, really appreciate it. Um, yeah, why do countries exist? The Forest Finn people were pretty nuts. Let's see what else we got here. Own the Monkeys, have you thought about uploading different content for the channel? And then he specifically talks about Iceberg. I've thought about that. Um, I got this little turtle guy, too, with the little rabbit. This is from my friend Liz. The I've thought about it. Um, the, the icebergs are popping off. Um, I think icebergs... I'm very cautious about it. You know, I've talked about this before on the show. Who who makes them? I feel in a sense it's a bit of gatekeeping in the conspiracy theory community because someone can cover something and people go, was it on the iceberg? It's such a weird phenomenon. I've never seen anything like it. I see stuff like it in the real world, but I've never seen stuff like it in the world of community uh, conspiracy theory. There are a lot of channels covering con uh, I cons uh, conspiracy theory icebergs. They're doing a great job. I would have nothing else to add to doing like a three-hour-long video or just go over each topic. The people who do that, I know Wendy Goon do, does that. I know Parallel Pipes does that. Mr. Gigi does that with certain types, like uh, Disturbing Movie 
conspiracy. They're hand, just they're they're handling it just fine. I would just be adding to that, and I would rather do something else. But I would I have thought about uploading to a different channel, like the full episode, so I can still keep this one for the shorts and all that stuff. Um, Nikolai asked, was there someone giving you grief during the first few weeks of the podcast as the 14th family? No, that was going to segue into the listener mail. That thing where I said, oh, someone's been emailing me. I, I should probably just take that out of this point because that whole concept got deleted. I wasn't getting angry email. That was, that was starting to segue into the listener mail thing. It's, it's super confusing. I probably should just delete it. Let's take a look here. Oh, Ollie Ree, one day you will be in the Dead Rabbit Radio video game. I was just thinking, I need a video game. A long time ago on a Thanksgiving live stream, I talked about doing a Dead Rabbit Radio video game. And it's just too much work for me. But I was like, dude, if I could like pay someone, if I could pay someone on Fiverr to make a game, like a spooky game, that would be totally awesome. I would love it. Joe Rogan, yeah, Joe Logan, Joe Rogan. Joe Logan is uh, would love to see a dating simulator. Hola Estoy. Um, saying hello from Mexico. Um, I'm sure I pronounced at least three of those words correctly. Hola, estoy. Mureto mi amor. Isn't Mureto death? Am I wrong on that? Or is that? Uh, but anyways, hola. what does that mean? I love death, maybe, and the ghost and the paranormal. But <laughs> they're like, no, none of that's correct. But thank you for swinging by. Really appreciate that. And Idea Guy said, have I uh, noticed the recent resurgence of Torad? Yeah, we covered the new update. That was really cool. That return to Torad episode wasn't cool because I covered it. It was cool because we found out what that story came from. That's what I love about this show and love about paranormal conspiracy theory. And that's just to keep looking at stuff. Don't accept it as fact right rudy jazz says it looks like i get fantastic hugs my hugs are okay they're just okay i got it i'm not the biggest hugger but thank you for the compliment john b listening for two years thank you the um you i have received weird emails for sure fabio says you mentioned receiving weird emails and read the one where you invited to join the illuminati will you read others uh, generally not the illuminati one was pretty funny the reason why is that then people can start then people can start sending me weird emails on purpose and really just um, messing with the show. And then it becomes like, let's see how weird of an email we can send to Jason and all that stuff. So I try to not do that. Rich Darvis, Rich Darvis, I got to start slowing down. Have you ever killed anybody? No, I've never killed anyone. Uh, Nick James said, um, that was a quick answer. He, that uh, Nick Buston and Mrs. Buston and uh, Helena, Helena, I always get that wrong. They're always there for the live show on Patreon, Discord, and I, I always forget. But anyways, Buston and Helena, thank you so much for swinging on by. I know you guys can't stay long. Thank you for the donation. Really appreciate all your support and um, really, really appreciate that. Cretan K. I love that trailer. I absolutely love that trailer. Totally awesome. Master of Ellipses. I love your show. I'm glad to see you here again for another live stream. Have I ever been affected by any cursed episodes? You know, I have not. I have not. The one caveat to that, and I have to say that probably just a coincidence, was a good curse where I talked about the red garbage can, the thrashed can. And if you saw a photo of this red garbage can, within a short period of time, 
you would either see a red garbage can in real life or someone would give you a red garbage can or you would <laughs> be walking down the street and you'd trip over one. And I remember I was a little disappointed that I saw, I did the episode, I used that as the image to pass, to pass the curse along. And, um, you know what? And the, it took maybe a year. And I was at a local pizza restaurant called Pietro's and I was throwing away some stuff and sitting there was a red garbage can about that high. And I go, I mean, I guess that counts. I mean, I guess if you if you say it could take up to a year to see it, I probably wouldn't have even covered it. You could see anything in a year. But I ended up seeing a red garbage can, but it took that long. That would have been it. I can't. There, I, the, the episode that I think disturbed me the most was the Michael Taylor episode. I had nightmares after that episode. That was a creepy one. And going back to the info hazard thing, the memetic info hazard, that is something like, you do have to kind of be aware of when you're, you know, sometimes when I'm covering stuff on this show, I cover stuff that um, no one else is covering. That's something that I'm very proud of the show. And that comes with the pluses. One, you're covering stuff no one else has covered. It's just the cool adventure. The other thing is the reason why other people may not be covering it is because it's particularly dangerous. There is... Now, I can't go into detail on the live stream, right? I can't go, because I've thought about covering this on the show. There is a conspiracy theory involving mushrooms that mushroom experts, and I'm not talking about psychedelic mushrooms. I'm talking about the mushrooms you cook. Mushroom experts will not talk about this conspiracy theory. Like people whose lives are dependent on going on to talk shows and talking about mushrooms, they will not talk about it. And this, there was a mushroom excerpt, I think they're called mycologists, on the Joe Rogan show. And he's all three hours talking about mushrooms. And then he's like, the Joe Rogan mentioned something. He's like, I don't want to talk about that. And Joe Rogan's like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, I'm not even going to comment on that. I'm not going to comment on it. So I, I was like, well, I'll do it. And I got my notes together and I was like, ah, maybe if the world's expert in mushrooms is saying that it's dangerous to talk about. Maybe I shouldn't talk about it either. But so I wonder how many, like talking about the mimetic info hazards, the curses, these stories that you do kind of pass on. I do hear people saying they'll have like creepy nightmares here and there, but um, that's about it. And that's about it. But that's a really good question. Thuja Magus, thank you. And I'm thankful for you guys. I'm thankful for you guys coming on out. I really appreciate it. Scalprish says that, Owl looks like Sans or Sans from Undertale. I've never played that game. That's the black and white game, right? I've heard a lot of good stuff about it. You're like, Jason, that's all you know. <laughs> that's black and white. Akka says, how are my forums? My forums are doing okay. I'm not going to show off my forums. But, I mean, as I'm showing off my forums, I mean, they're decent. I can actually, like, start to see veins, which is a, you know, big win. Um... And my balance is doing great. Like, I've really been working on my balance. I've been doing yoga at home. I went to a yoga studio. It's interesting. I went to a yoga studio. And I just didn't feel welcome there. I shouldn't, like, you know, it's like I've gone to gyms and, like, when I started training jujitsu and stuff like that. And I, I've gone to these places before. And sometimes you either get a neutral feeling, like gyms especially, right? They're, people are just kind of there doing their own thing. Or you get a feeling like you walk into a place and you go, wow, like, this is my tribe, but maybe just for a couple months, maybe for the rest of my life. I don't know, but I can fit in with these people. And nothing to do with the fact that 
they were all women there because it's not that wasn't it. I just the energy at that studio. I didn't feel welcome. I didn't feel welcome there. So, but I still have been looking up YouTube and doing uh, yoga on there. Red Sunflowers asked about, have I been playing Disco Elysium? It's in my wish list. A lot of people have recommended me playing that game. That is kind of like an old school Fallout game, right? Where it's like isometric walking around. I've got a lot of recommendations to play that. Hola Estoy says the podcast is super, uh, super cool and enjoyable. I wanted to pass on a mockumentary. It's called Savage Land. I might have seen that. I might have. I'll look it up. Um, I do remember I saw a mockumentary about, it was like a Vice mockumentary about these two journalists from Vice who were going down to uh, talk to the cartels in Mexico. And the running joke was the reporters kept getting melted. <laughs> the reporters kept getting melted in barrels of acid. So they would go in there and they'd walk up to a cartel leader and they'd start asking all these questions. And then they would come back to the Vice office. And they'd be like, hey, we have lost contact with our two reporters. We need to send two more guys down. And it was always the same two actors going down. But they're like, yeah, sorry, man. I think your, <laughs> your boy's got melted in a barrel of acid. I don't know if that's the same one, but I did see that mockumentary. I thought that was pretty funny. Let's see here. Rudy Jazz was there a, a true crime story covered on the show that left you genuinely upset. They happen a lot. Um, I can't think of what you usually I won't cover them on the show. Usually I'll come across uh, the story of um, Susie Q. Absolutely disturbing. Susie Q is a very recent true crime story. Uh, I, I, I mean, it, it's, I, I might end up covering it on the show. I don't know. It's so disturbing. I almost don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it on Thanksgiving. Uh, Rudy Jazz mentioned the Ian Watkins story, which is absolutely disturbing as well. But the Susie Q murder, very recent, just happened earlier this year, maybe late last year. It's one of the most troubling true crime stories. And there's another one, a little girl named Zoe, that you're like, wow, wait. No, 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 not a little girl named Zoe. I think it was a little boy named Zaya. It, it doesn't matter. It was absolutely disturbing stuff. I usually don't talk about it on the show. I kind of have a, a limit. I've thought about doing a side podcast, though, called Dead After Dark, which is all of the disturbing stuff I would never talk about on Dead Rabbit Radio. The only thing that keeps me from covering that is... Um, I don't know if I want to spend that much time researching horrible stuff because eventually you get to the thing where people go, wow, your old story, your old episodes are really disturbing, but these new episodes, they're not so disturbing. So you, that is a thing you kind of, the ladder you got to keep climbing. I don't know if I'm ready to do that. James G is about to get the entire channel shut down. But yeah, I've heard that conspiracy theory. I don't know if that's actually true about the portobello mushrooms, but people have said that and people, and my college, I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's true. My colleagues don't talk about it. But Kaki Key, what's your opinion on the most believable paranormal story you haven't personally witnessed? I, I, I honestly, I'm going to say, mo like a lot of these stories, it just kind of got to take people at their word. Um, so when someone tells me that, you know, they saw their grandmother visit them after they died, I, yeah, I'm sure that that did happen. I'm never like, oh. That didn't happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure so. I think the world of paranormal is actually happens all the time. 
Um, I can't. I couldn't even think of a story that's unbelievable. Like you could say the um, the alien the alien invasion of uh, Casablanca. It sounds fairly unbelievable, but I do believe that it actually happened. Yeah, I will, Mario. I can't. I'll probably check out Disco Elysium at some point. Um, and Mario is also the Orange Sugar Bear from the Discord. I actually don't recall. I don't recall seeing Orange Sugar Bear, but I'm. But thank, thanks for being in the Discord. Yeah, Disco Elysium. I gotta find my jam right because I don't have a lot of time to play video games. Like I use usually, it's in my two week of a break that I play video games. See you later, Nikolai. Thanks for swinging by. But I should. Yeah, it is in my wish list. I'll take a look at it. Mr. Mister, have I looked into fog bank? It's a critical part of the nuclear weapon making process that the government has forgotten how to make. No, I actually I don't think I've heard of that. Sounds interesting though. I will take a look at that. That does I man, nuclear power, dude, what a bummer I when I found out what that really was. It's just like a nuclear rod dipped in water and then the steam spins a turbine. I was like, seriously, bro? So it's just steam? It's just steam. That's it. I was so mad. I thought it was like, like some cool, like, like science stuff. And people, people are constantly getting superpowers. No, at best they get scalded horribly. No superpowers. Joe Logan, the spear gun murders always gets me. It's so cold. You know what's so weird that there, I've done two episodes about two separate people who both killed their family members with a spear gun, and it's just weird. I mean. Like, what are the chances of that? I guess among, you know, 8 billion people on the planet throughout human history, there's a chance of it. But the more recent one, actually, the one who killed his kids because he thought they were reptilians, that one, the spear gun episode that I did was more in detail. I actually almost didn't release it. I had to release it because I ran <laughs> I didn't have enough time to record a, a, a replacement episode. That episode's super dark. That that episode, yeah, was so dark, I almost didn't cover it. Or I recorded in full, and I sat back, and I go, oh, no, this is gross. Too too creepy, but that is a good one. Um, Robert Paulson and Khaki Cube do both recommend the, the Dead After Dark. Yeah, I think it would be a cool, because I have a ton of stuff um, that I have all the notes ready to go, and then I sit there, and I go, Mm -mm. I'm basically just listing. I'm just basically telling this horrific story. And trust me, when I'm saying like it's horrific, it's bad. I read true crime all the time, all the time. It's I have like three or four websites to read every day, and I, I don't do it in 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 good company because they'll look over every so often. I'll be in my laptop. I'll be reading something in the morning. They'll just see a picture of a little face, little baby. And they're like, oh, that's cute. And they can't see the headline. They just see this big photo of a baby. And I'm like, rough, rough stuff. Cosmic fungus. I see a lot of references to that. I love that episode about the guy in Arizona who he stepped on the fungus and it like went into his skin. I, I think I can probably find that episode. I really did like that. Mr. Mister says yes. Actually, he also believed that nuclear power plants work just like a David Lynch movie. It, I was shocked. I was shocked. That was my alarm. I was shocked that it was just steam, steam, and steam powered stuff. Rudy Jazz says, "Do you think the conspiracy theory community has a pessimism problem?" Um, it's interesting. I, I mean, imagine 
if you lived in an area where there were hurricanes all the time, not just during hurricane season, but all the time, like that was something you just had to face. It was completely out of your control. I think that's what happens when you get really deep into the world of conspiracy theory, because conspiracy theory is about making sense of the world. Why does X happen? And then you go, it's because of this, it's because of that. And it's always some other force, right? It's always some massive, dominant, monolithic force. And it would get pessimistic after a while, I think, if you didn't see any hope of stopping it. And I do think there's a bit of a crab in a bucket uh, mentality with conspiracy theorists. And I'm talking about like the really, the guys who are like, making their living writing the books. First off, they have to keep, you know, ICP, they, they put out all of the albums of the Dark Carnival. And then the last album, they're like, Jesus Christ rules the world. I mean, that's a, that's a bit, I'm kind of summing it up. But that is kind of what happened. And they didn't lose all of their fans, but they lost the chunk of them. And then they went back to being like, yeah, chop you up with a hatchet. Jesus Christ has given me a hatchet. Um, if you write 10 books about reptilians controlling the world and then you can't write an 11th book saying everything's okay, like there's actually a way to get out of this. This is a very hopeful situation. You've already fed into this mindset. That's just the way that it is. That's just the way that it is. Every so often you get someone like David Lynch who can make these crazy movies and then he directs a movie about a guy riding his lawnmower across America. People watched it. It was a hit. Um, but it, I mean, it wasn't something that the David Lynch fans were clamoring for. It's not something that they ran out to go see. I think he directed that one. It was some, it was some famous artistic director just made a movie about a guy in a lawnmower. A Samson one, two, three. Thank you so much for the donation. Thanks for all the entertainment and stuff. Um, he, he's saying that about me, uh, but I'm sure you're also very entertaining Samson. And yes, I'm looking forward to the next season too. We got some really good stuff. We got some really good stuff coming up, I think. Let's take a look here. And then, um, so, our, yeah, Robert Paulson, <laughs> I probably shouldn't have even brought up the fungus thing. Probably shouldn't have been. I was, I was like, <laughs> go, go, I, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. If this is as serious as people say it is, I, the least of my worries is YouTube yanking my channel. When I started looking into this conspiracy theory about how healthy, I was just say, there's a there's a conspiracy theory. I don't know if it's true. And personally, I'm one of those guys that's like, what doesn't nowadays? Because I grew up in California and there were signs everywhere saying this. My apartment complex had a sign on it saying this apartment complex may give you cancer. Like everything in California may give you cancer. So there's a theory, conspiracy theory, that portobello mushrooms have carcinogens in them if they're not prepared correctly. So there's a lot of caveats of that. And people have been like, you know what? I don't eat portobello mushrooms. I think um, um, it was either Avril Lavigne or Ariana Grande. It was one of the two. was on The Tonight Show or The Jay Leno Show or whatever. And they repeated that. They said, I don't eat portobello mushrooms. They cause cancer. They're still alive. Well, actually, Avril Lavigne may be a clone, but um, there was a mycologist. You can, you, I don't want to always just say you can look it up, but there's that Joe Rogan interview with the mycologist, and there's that clip where he's like, I don't even want to talk about portobello mushrooms. Don't even want to say nothing. So that is the 
That is the thing. And Red Sunflowers, Archeo is the Archeo Pet Tricks on Patreon. Thank you so much for being a Patreon supporter. Really, really appreciate that. Like I said, that money helps. Like, I'm going out and buying, like, groceries and stuff with that. And Dale, <laughs> I have this coffee in my fridge because all the coffee shops are closed tomorrow. Uh, Khaki Cube talking about uh, conspiracy theory and depression. It's funny because there's, I love this clip. Alex Jones, he's probably like 25 years old. I don't know. He's a super young man. He has a cable access show. It was from his Halloween special, and he's carving a pumpkin, and he's just talking, and you can tell he's happy. You can tell that he's happy, and it's, at some point, I think he just... I think Alex Jones, I, I see him as a professional wrestler in a lot of ways. I think that he ran with the hype and he ran with, he ran where the audience took him. And that's not always a good look. That's always not a good place because your audience, the ones that you're catering to, they took him to these crazy conspiracy theories, right? He doesn't believe them. There are conspiracy theories he doesn't believe. But when he talks like this and he gets really loud and he gets on that professional wrestler voice, it attracts more eyeballs to his channel. And that's the thing about being a reactionary. Like, if I reacted more to things, I just think it would change. You know, like, there are some things you may need to react to. The Forrest Finn thing, though, I didn't need to react to that. I could never mention it again. I just thought it was so weird. It was this super bizarre cult. And I'm glad I did because it was even funnier when I turned out to be wrong. That's what made the story so perfect. Was that I was wrong? I was wrong about I was wrong about all of it. Had I never talked about it again, I just covered the one story and ignored the emails, whatever. But it wasn't lawnmower man, Atcha. It was an, a lawnmower story or something like that. But the fact that I was the fact that I was one hundred percent wrong made it hilarious. And I will not ever be someone who avoids admitting when they're wrong. I was 100% wrong. Forrest Finn's treasure did exist. Uh, man, I went hard on that Forrest Finn group. I really did. And it, I mean, a straight story. Yeah, that was uh, that was the movie. Thank you, Rudy Joe. Um, James G said, speaking of ICP, did you ever read the article comparing the six Joker cards to QAnon? I've never heard that. I've never heard that before. <laughs> but it sounds funny. <laughs> so I'll check into it. Um, there isn't, there's a every so often I come across a story that's really intriguing, but the amount of work I would need to read, the amount of hours, okay, maybe not, maybe the amount of 45 minutes I would need to put into preparing it, there's a story, I, I, I might do this for the podcast, because when I say it, you guys are going to be like, you guys got to cover it. The fan fiction, considered the worst fan fiction of all time, My Immortal by Raven, Destiny, the Claude, or whatever. It's a fan fiction about a goth girl who goes to Hogwarts, and Harry Potter is like a goth dude. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. I think it's part of an internet rite of passage to read like 7 or 10 or 20 chapters of it. There's a conspiracy theory that that is actually a uh, an alchemelk, a text, a hidden Text of alchemy secrets. Alchemal. Alchemical? You guys know what I mean. Normally I'm, <laughs> normally I'm able to edit it out when I get it that wrong. My Immortal, the fan fiction, is actually an esoteric work. Hidden inside of it is deep 
secrets about the inner workings of the universe. It sounds awesome. Someone outside my door just went, what? Like they heard, they heard what I was saying. It sounds awesome. Sounds absolutely awesome. Um, but I can't see that's one of those stories like the 9-11 was inspired by the people who did 9-11 really love the movie Back to the Future. Back to the Future predicted 9-11, stuff like that. The idea is good, but when I started reading it, I was like, ugh, like it's actually kind of boring to break down piece by piece, but sounds awesome. See, an idea guy, and an idea guy, I thank you for your donation, and this caught me off guard. Um, do I have any thoughts on the Repire CCTV? A, um, Apparently a 15-year-old girl got forcibly kidnapped at a bus stop with a lot of people watching and no one did anything. I had not heard about that. It doesn't shock me. It doesn't shock me on multiple levels. Um, and thank you for your donation as well. I just, just card. I saw the donation go through and then I was like, wait, what? Um, that doesn't, it doesn't shock me. We have stuff like that. You know, it's creepy because we have so many cameras around and you think it would be safer. But um, now you can just watch as a passive person all of this horrible stuff. It's absolutely, absolutely terrifying. Uh, Khaki Cube asked, is there a list, full list of Dead Rabbit Radio recommends? There is. I don't know where it's at. Someone actually made one on one of the film ones. I need to do that. I actually will time to time email it out. What I do is I have a list. But I'll go to the Dead Rabbit Radio website at deadrabbitradio.libson.com. And in the search bar, I'll just put in, I'll either write in the word trailer or recommends and it'll pull up all the episodes. I know that's way too much work. If it's a simple question, you just want to know the list of movies. I have to figure something out for that. Cecil Quizum, Codal, what are my favorite movies? I couldn't even name that. I mean, obviously, there's, I'll say this as far as my favorite movie, I think about it all the time. My favorite movie that I've talked about during this podcast is The Evil Within. Please watch that movie. That movie is so good and so weird and so bad at the same time. Like, you can see the flaws of the filmmaker, but I love that. Love that film. I love it. Let's see here. Nope, YouTube, you are here for the live stream. Thanks for swinging by. Atchis says, Avril Lavigne, lowest energy concert in recorded history. You know what? I mean, she's in her 40s at this point. Like, I'm now, I'm saying now I'm simping for Avril Lavigne. I wouldn't have a problem with that. She's, she's, you know, I mean, like, I don't expect, I did go with OC Poison live in concert back in the mid 2000s. And Brett Michaels was running circles around the stage. I mean, we did, we found out later he had a serious heart problem. But man, he was just killing it. He was just killing it. Let's take a look here. Handsome Banana, thanks for swinging out to the to the um, live stream. Red Sunflowers asked if I've ever been to Maine. No, I've never. I've been to like four states my entire life. As a 46-year-old man, I've been to four states. However, it does remind me of another one of my favorite movies, In the Mouth of Madness, which I also think takes place in Maine. Great old John Carpenter film. Yeah, the um, the uh, al al alchemical. Thank you, Cyber Bunny Neat. Alchemical was the word I was looking for. Normally, I would add that. Normally, I would add that in. Mr. Triforce, how did Back to the Future predict 9/11? I did a whole episode on it. 
but it was very interesting. I mean, it was just a bunch of coincidences, maybe. The 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 ones that were coincidences was originally, I won't go into full detail. I just listened to this episode like a week ago. Otherwise, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, Marty McFly drives his car into a, first there's two trees at Two Pine Mall was what it was originally named. And he crashes his car into one of the trees and it became One, one Pine Mall. The people in the past kept referring to the car as a jet or some sort of airplane. So the idea that it was smashing down one of the towers. All the type of stuff like this. There's a character who's very Trump-esque, which it has nothing to do with 9-11, but and he tells people, you're fired. Who cares? <laughs> people get fired all the time. What was interesting was, in the movie Back to the Future, Martin McFly is wearing the red vest and the blue jeans. And he has to go on that wire from the um, clock tower to the car to get electrocuted or something like that, to die and just dream it all. And then years and years later, before 9-11, there was a movie called Man on Wire or Man on the Wire. And this guy's real movie, I mean, obviously all movies are real, but it was like real life story about a guy who tightrope walked between the two twin towers on a rope and he was dressed up just like Marty McFly. And I'm pretty sure Robert Zemeckis did the do documentary or had something to do with the documentary he directed 9-11. I mean, he, he, yeah, he directed 9-11. He's like, perfect. Can we get a second cut, though? No. Um, he directed Back to the Future. So we have that. That that was kind of that was kind of where we were at with that. Rudy, thank you so much for the donation. And yeah, Rudy, Rudy's been wanting me to watch Vulgar. I think it, that wasn't Kevin Smith, but it was like Kevin Smith endorsed or produced about like a gross clown. Rudy Jazz did turn me on to um, The Borderlands, which is another movie that I recommend. This definitely is another really good. There's a lot of really. I saw a movie the other day called Deadstream, which I, I liked. I don't know if it rises to a Dead Rabbit recommends, but that was another fun recent horror movie. There's been a lot of good stuff lately. I watched a movie that wasn't that good the other day, though. I'm not going to talk about that. I try not to talk about because at the end of the day, someone spent a lot of time. I love making fun of bad movies. Don't don't get me wrong, but I don't know. I'll tell. I might as well say it now because now it feels like. I'm making a big issue about it. I saw a movie called 645 the other day. It was really cool up until the last... It was really good up until the last 10 minutes. And I was like, what? Huh? It was about these people. They kept reliving the same day over and over and over again. And at the end of each day, they would both get brutally murdered. But only one person remembered it. And then um, it was really good. It was great camera work, cinematography. The acting was really good. Like You could sense the the, the real passion and pain between these two actors. Then in the ending, I was like, wait, what? Huh? What? Was it all a dream? It was, it was real. You shouldn't be doing that at the end of the movie. That movie he's watching also kind of did something at the end, and you're like, what? But then you go, oh, I get it. Happy Death Day did it better. I love Happy Death Day. That's like it probably in my top 20, 50, probably my top 50 horror movies. Really, really liked it. Really, really liked that one. Yeah, okay, yeah, Mr. Mister did a very good, <laughs> did a much leaner version of how 9-11 may have predicted um, Back to the Future. Or no, <laughs> Back to the Future um, predicted 9-11. Dune Worm, thanks for swinging by. I'm glad you got some apple pie. Yeah, I am. I haven't eaten nothing today, so I'm getting ready. After we're done with this, but we got time. We got time. Cecil Quetzalcoatl, 
says, what do I think about those memes of Ohio being haunted or full of paranormal phenomenon? I haven't really heard that so much. Um, I can't, you know, if I had to just off the cuff do a hot take on that, it does sound like a meme. And just like every so often, what's the state that doesn't exist? North Dakota or something like that. People would be like, well, you know, North Dakota doesn't exist. I think it's probably a meme. It could be a forced meme. I've talked to the guy who wrote, like I met him in person, the guy who wrote my favorite book, the international, the National Directory of Haunted Places. And he goes, California, by, California by and large is the most haunted place in the United States. Just, it has such a variety of phenomenon and all just everything's going on so definitely yeah got a couple people saying and they liked in the mouth of man is i did see mr mr i did see pontypool there was two movies that came out at the same time there was pontypool which was good but there was another movie that came out at the exact same time which was the same gimmick it was a radio station that I actually enjoyed a lot more. I would recommend Pontypool, definitely, but I'll have to see if I can remember that other one. And it was basically like three stories. Um, it was really good. It was really good. I really liked that one. I saw Cell. I saw the Stephen King movie Cell. That was decent. Kind of along the same lines. And again, about the info, um, the info hazards. And then there was another movie. Oh, I saw Terrifier the other day because Terrifier 2 is getting... I, I actually really liked the short film Art the Clown. Um, it was part of All Hallows Eve, a collection of short films. And so I go, oh, Ter I saw him pop up in another movie, Terrifier. I was like, yeah, I like that clown and all, but yeah. Well, Terrifier 2 was like in the top 10, <laughs> top 10 of the box office. It bumped Top Gun out of the top 10. So I went back and watched Terrifier. It was okay. I get why people like it. I haven't seen Terrifier 2. I get why people like it. Snow Crash. Oh, that's a book. <laughs> I was like, oh, read Snow Crash. Eh. Um, I just started reading again, actually. I started reading a <laughs> started reading a Walking Dead book. I need to read more at night when I go to bed. I'm usually on my phone reading stuff. Uh, Rudy Jazz in the Mouth of Man is maybe on streaming. You also might be able to find it on a pirate website. But yeah, I think with the DVD, it's... Um, it's hard because I know you're not in America, so you have the different regions. Yeah, an idea guy Trump was popular in the 80s. Yeah, the the it was just supposed to be like a Biff was like this Trump-esque character. A lot of times I thought the conspiracy theory of like if you listen to the episode, we're the Back to the Future predicted 9-11. A lot of it's just uh, shaft. A lot of it's just stuff that you're like, yeah, this kind of matches that. It's kind of the whole like crux of it is that tightrope walking scene, which is Spooky. I don't think it necessarily predicted it, but I don't know. I have not seen Clerks 3. Yeah, Wyoming doesn't exist. That was Khaki Cubes. That was Khaki Cubes 1. Um, Mr. Triforce 666 asked, how do you guys feel about Elon Musk? You know, the, the, the whole Elon Musk thing, that is... I, I want to kind of see how everything plays out and it borders. That's, you know, it's just the whole, it's just interesting to see how everything's playing out. And that does also border a lot. Like it, I think on the political thing, I don't generally talk about politics on the show. The same thing with the Kanye West thing. I'm like, what in the world is going on with that? I actually, as I may end up covering, there's a side conspiracy theory with 
Kanye West going on right now that he has he's wearing masks. If you see all these photos recently, he's wearing a mask. He has hidden cameras in them and he's going to these elite meetings. He's like, hey, <laughs> hey, knocking on the door. Hey, I'm not going to be crazy today. I'm not going to like piss on a Grammy. And then they let him into these Illuminati meetings and he has cameras hidden in his mask. So that's a, it, you see, sometimes you can find cool conspiracy theory stories like that that are hidden in a bigger kind of political story. The Elon Musk thing, I think, is kind of the same. Like people are so inflamed by him. Um, but feel free to talk about it in the comments. Um, but yeah, I have all of this stuff. I'm kind of waiting to see how it plays out. And uh, who knows, man? This is. This is a weird time. The Alex Jones thing, that is something that I've been looking at covering just because of those lawsuits, right? He's being sued now for a trillion dollars. That's insane. But, you know, a big thing, like, when I look at the Alex Jones thing, I think he lost that lawsuit. It didn't even become an issue of free speech. Like, he could have argued, I have the right to say stuff that's not true. Like, I can say stuff that's not true. People say stuff that's not true all the time. There were reporters telling us there were weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. I mean, I, I guess that's political as well. But, you know what I mean? You had reporters reporting stuff that turned out 100% not to be true. Why didn't you sue the New York Times? It never got to that point. Alex Jones, what got him was the judge said, you need to turn in this paperwork to show us how much money you made. And he didn't. It never even went to court where it, there was never a court case over freedom of speech. That's what's made this story so if he went to court and they said no you're not allowed to say certain things in public that would be a free a free speech issue that could have went up to the supreme court that is not why he lost that case the judge kept telling him to turn over paperwork and he wouldn't and the judge goes okay then i find by default in the plaintiff that's what this was about. It would have been interesting. Had he fought it, this would have been a Supreme Court case. And would it come down? It would have been fascinating as a conspiracy theorist to see what you can say as a conspiracy theorist. And if it turned out that no, if you believe something is not true, you cannot say it, then David Icke and Real Raw News and even podcasts like this, like I don't cover stuff that I know isn't false, I don't cover stuff like that. But I'll cover stuff that I go, I don't know if this is true, but let's talk about it. And I'll, we'll talk about why I think it's not true and we'll kind of examine it. Could have totally been a fascinating case. That's not why he lost. Now, the whole trillion dollar thing is absolutely. They want to make sure he never makes money again, but he should have he should have turned in that paperwork. He should have turned in. That. I think it would have came out that I think my conspiracy theory is it was going to come out that he was not as wealthy as people thought he was. That he was living, you know, he was eating those meal. He was getting those free meal packages, five years of food and eating it. That's what I think. Or maybe it had something to do with his divorce and he had hidden money from his wife. And but that that's what's so interesting about that whole. Um, that's what's so interesting about all of that. Um, uh, Alex Jones thing. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm kind of scrolling through here. Toby Manitoba says California is paranormal in this. Um, it, it's interesting. It says, yeah, it could be the fact that it's a large population in a huge geographical 
mishmash, not just that it's a big thing, but you can, that's one of the cool thing about living in Sacramento. You would drive 45 minutes in any direction. You could be at the beach. You could be in the mountains. You could be in the desert. You could be in the forest. Like it really is something like that. It could be, it a hundred percent could be, it could be the, like where it's actually located could be a center of a bunch of ley line. Can't believe I mispronounced that. It could be a bunch of ley line activity. I don't know, but it is does seem to be like this big issue. You know what I mean? Like if for whatever reason, it does the um, it does seem to have all that paranormal information. Mario, good. I'm glad that you had a good Thanksgiving. Three sardines and cold soup. Oh, that was ironic. I'm so, I'm sorry. That doesn't sound like a great Thanksgiving, but Thanksgiving is what you make of it, right? Thanksgiving is what you make of it. Rudy Jess says, Alex Jones is what could have happened to you if you started following viewing trends. That was a th I've talked about that before on the show. Oh, we got to talk about Kevin Spacey real quick too, but I, um, I would do an episode about the Illuminati, Kanye West and Kim Kardashian are witches. That was an episode that got huge views. Ellen DeGeneres is under house arrest. Huge. I mean, like, a, a huge margin higher than my normal stuff. And I go, well, tomorrow I'm going to talk about, you know, a bunch of gnomes pushing a bus, <laughs> pushing a bus over and then end it with an episode about a guy peeing in people's water bottles. And I think it's super easy to, to just keep going. I think it's super easy to go. This is what the people want, because that is part of when you're making something creative is that you do want people to watch it. But at the end of the day, like, I mean, if I was, you know, 10 years younger and I was, you know, and it, I might have done that. I might have been like, oh, yeah, let's double down with this. But one, I think all of you guys would have left. I think after the 10th episode where I was like, well, new update, Ellen DeGeneres was carrying a folded newspaper and her thumb was on page seven. Seven is the angel number, you know, because there's a lot of shows that I think all you guys would have left. Right. And you guys would have been replaced. But people are like, yeah, show us more newspapers, show us more hidden codes. And then eventually you go get, and one, I think I would think all that stuff was dumb, but I'd be doing it just for the views. Two, it'd be super boring. Three, my channel would probably get shut down, right? And or four, you would just eventually you'd run out of stuff. And you'd start making stuff up. Or you'd start exaggerating stuff that really is nothing there. So that was my whole. That was my whole, like, yeah, you have to just make that decision. And I'm glad you guys are here. Like, I think this is an awesome group of people, not just who are here for the Thanksgiving live stream. I mean, I appreciate that. But just like listening to this podcast, I think this is an awesome group of people to be hanging out with and, and sharing these stories with. I love them. And I'm glad that you guys love them, too. What are some of my favorite conspiracy authors, Pony Boy asked? I don't read enough. Like I, I don't read enough physical books. Um, who are my favorite conspiracy? I mean, I'm sure I have an answer for you because I did used to read a lot of books. There actually, there's a name. It's on the tip of my tongue. It's not Colin Wilson. He doesn't really do conspiracies so much. It's not Robert Anton Wilson, but there. Uh, uh, man, that it's on the tip of my tongue. So I shift from side to side as a war. People keep keep bringing up books, man. I do need to listen to. Um, um, I do need to read more books. And Pony Boy's saying 
something called Pope Raw. I don't know if that's a book or if that's how he likes to eat the Pope, but I can check that out. It would be nice. Um, it would be nice. Uh, Khaki Cube says, wonder if there's more I could be doing to spread the word of movies, books, games, etc. that I've liked. Talk about it online. Like if it, that, That's the thing. Like If I'm on a website, if I'm on the export or something like that, people are like, hey, what are some cool movies? What are some cool horror movies? What are some... I'm always like the evil within. The evil within. Linking the track. I have no financial stake in that movie. That movie is so dope and so weird. I love that movie. When I see people ask an appropriate question, if someone's like, hey, I have my date over for the first time, what movie should I watch? I'm not going to put that. But if I see the opportunity pop up, I'll mention it. I'll mention it. I'm not talking about getting the word out about the podcast. I'm just talking about Kecky Keats' question in general. If you go to Reddit, if you go to Reddit, and you just happen to see someone going, hey, what's a cool movie for this weekend? And they're on the high strangeness of Reddit. I'd mention The Evil Within. You don't really have to go out of your way so much because we do talk about it. We do, we do see this stuff from time to time. Corbin's channel, thank you so much for the donation. Really. Really appreciate that. Um, longtime supporter of the show. Really do appreciate it. And we can't can't stick around. I totally understand. I'm I'm happy that you guys did hang out with Brady Schmidt. I said that I said that name. <laughs> I said that name like you walked into my classroom late. Brady Schmidt recommended the or we're I think we were talking about these movies. Um, it wasn't the Banshee Protocol. I don't even know if that's the correct name of the movie. It might be the Banshee Project, but I have to say that movie, the Banshee. Uh, this is might be the first time I'm actually going to look. So Banshee is it Protocol? Banshee Chapter. Banshee Chapter. That movie is so dope. I've never talked about it on the show. I've thought about. I don't know why I haven't. Maybe I did talk about it on the show actually. Now that I think about it, their Banshee Pro Banshee Project is a very good horror movie with one bad scene. I think I did talk about this on the on the podcast. Uh, maybe not. The Banshee Project is a great... Talk about info hazards. Talk about cursed media. The Banshee Project is this really cool movie, and it goes... And it hits this scene that's so long. And so slow, like they just cast the wrong actor. It has nothing to do with the dialogue. But you know what's weird? The lighting completely changes in this scene. They're just talking. They meet this guy, and he kind of does this info dump. It's and I don't mind info dumps. You need info dumps. Totally hits the skids. I would that movie would be close to a perfect horror movie, but there's just that one scene. But I do recommend it. I definitely do recommend it at all. Yeah, MewTube and Khaki Cube, like talking about the um, the Alex Jones thing, Khaki Cube says absolute freedom of speech unless it's to coordinate a crime. That generally is where you start to hit the limits of it. And uh, MewTube says they're just trying to shut Alex Jones down and they found a hole, hole in his armor. I would agree with that. Even recently when people have been going back to this whole Elon Musk thing, which... Um, when he, when people are getting unbanned from Twitter, they go, hey, is Alex Jones going to get unbanned? And Elon Musk goes, no, if you're going to profit off the deaths of children, I don't want anything to do with you. So they did. Like, they're they're really 
but he did. Like, in a sense, he knew that what he was saying wasn't true, and he was still saying it. He wasn't saying stuff like, I don't know, if it, at least I can go, I don't know if this isn't true. Let's talk about it in a reasonable way. People wanted to hear it, and he was getting all these hits. I keep playing with my nose like I have just did some coke. It's just dry. Mr. Mad Dog 994. Oh, Borealis, the Discord's resident Max Kramer enthusiast. What are some of your favorite reoccurring... Thank you for the donation, first off. Really, really appreciate this. Then they're asking, what are my favorite reoccurring characters that pop up while you're trying to find content for the show? Um, Max Kramer, obviously. I, you know what's so funny? When Max Kramer, when we first started talking about him on the show, I was like... This guy's going to be the new Hans. But what's funny was that his stuff is so disconnected from reality. I mean, it's, it's not like Hans is this great scholar, this great thinker. I do. I, I shouldn't say that. I don't think Hans is an idiot. I think that he has some. I don't think his views are correct. But um, Max Kramer's so divorced from reality. And so to find, to dig through his website, like I spent a good week going through and finding this. I still have Max Kramer stuff I haven't covered. I actually want to spend more. I want to find more stuff on his website. It's just a matter of time. Uh, but as far as the reoccurring characters that pop up while you're trying to find content for the show, real raw news, 100%. Like I go back, I would cover them more. But again, like I try not to get political with the show because the reason why isn't because I'm afraid or anything like that. It's because we get politics everywhere and everything we listen to. So when I'm when I go to Real Raw News, I check it all the time. I'll find an interesting story, and one of them I'll be like, "What? Who? Who is this guy?" Like it'll be like the fourth Attorney General who worked for the Navy was just hung in Guantanamo Bay. I was like, I have no idea who that guy is. That's not that's not funny. <laughs> Give me a funny person. Give me a funny person. Hillary Clinton in Guantanamo Bay now. Mwah! That's Chef's kiss, but. Um, Michael Baxter is his name. And it's just like, he makes so much money. He makes so much money and he's flying right underneath that radar. Like he did get that season. (laughs) He didn't get that season assist letter from Microsoft. He's flying right under that radar. He makes probably based on what it looks like about $20,000 a month from donations. And that has nothing to do with any sort of merch that he's selling. Like he has like his give, send, go or whatever it is. Give uh, the donation thing. He gets probably about $20,000 a month in donations. Just making stuff up. It's fascinating. So fascinating to me. Um, And there's no continuity. There's no canon. Because he'll say someone got hung in Guantanamo Bay and then you'll see him on the news. And you would think he was on the news because he got hung in Guantanamo Bay as a public execution. You would think he would go, that guy's a clone, that guy's a robot. Sometimes he does that. Sometimes he does sometimes he doesn't even bother. Sometimes he doesn't even bother. But fascinating, fascinating stuff. Corbin, thanks for swinging by. Really do appreciate that. I think I'm going backwards now. I did see this comment though. Um, how it uh, oh that was with the Alex Jones thing. Rubicon, thanks for swinging out. Dainty, thank you for coming here as well. Rico in Alcapulco asks, can you tell us about your intro and outro music? Yes, that is from a good friend of mine, an old partner of mine back when I did music. He goes by the name Simple. He's pretty talented. He does make music professionally now. He made it back then, but I mean, he was working with me, so it wasn't that professional, but now he does producing on musicians' tracks and stuff like that. And I will say this, um, there might be a surprise 
coming out with those songs soon. I will give you no more than that. You'll find out. I don't know if I'm going to do it on Christmas Day or after the thousands episode. We're almost we're what like 40 episodes away from 1,000 episodes of Dead Rabbit Radio. It's amazing. But yeah, music came from my buddy Simple from an old music project I was working on, and I had all these just sitting around. I never did the music project, so we use them for this. But you, you might be getting a a surprise soon, a Christmas gift. Oh, uh, Pope Raw, Pope Robert Anton Wilson. Yeah, um, I hadn't heard, I hadn't heard referred to as Raw before, but I have not. Um, I don't know who my favorite. Now, now I feel like I'm on the spot. I still don't know who my favorite conspiracy theory author. I think a lot of times I read compilations. Like I'm a big, which would make I never thought about that before because that's what this show is, right? It's a bunch of different topics. I like reading those books. Uh, what was that publisher? They used to do um, everything they don't want you to know. It was like the disinfo or disinformation website. Um, but yeah, I like reading those big books that are just multiple authors writing about all these different subjects and stuff like that. Um, Jennifer, yeah, says, I love it when X talks about podcasts and I see your podcast. Actually, because I haven't been putting out stuff recently. There's a thread on X right now where people are talking about podcasts and they go, uh, they someone mentioned my podcast and people had nice things to say and constructive criticism things to say and I responded to that I usually don't I usually if I see people talking about this podcast on X I don't say anything but I did like because one of the questions was hey how come he's not uploading to YouTube anymore so I addressed that and people were like I don't like him he, I don't like the way his laugh sounds I don't like the sound of his voice and I said those are totally valid criticisms like there are so there's no, that's not things I can change. I've thought back in the day, I wouldn't do this now, maybe a separate podcast, but what if I started doing the podcast more seriously? And I was like, that's not the podcast. You can't change it 980 episodes in. And I like the podcast as it is, but Dead After Dark would be a, a not so lighthearted. It wouldn't be like, and then he, I'll get my microphone, and then he did this, and then he did that. It wouldn't be like that, but it wouldn't be like talking about poop. It wouldn't be talking about zany topics or talking about a serious topic and then all of a sudden a joke pops in my head but i get it i get it there have been podcasts that i go wow this podcast sounds super interesting like this is a topic and i i listen to an episode and i'm like nope not for me i don't like the host there was a guy who was interviewing true crime authors and i was like that sounds like a totally up my alley like a director's commentary for some of the best true crime books so I went through and actually found an author. I looked through all the episodes, found an author that I knew. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And I listened to it. Horrible. Nope, wasn't for me. And I, here's the thing I say horrible. <laughs> that guy's listening to my podcast. He's like, oh, man. Um, the audio quality. The audio quality was just not good enough for what I wanted. I was listening to it at work, and I need the audio quality between both people be the same. Otherwise, I can't hear one of the guys. I got to have it. Do so I get it when people. Um, find a small thing or not so small thing to not like about the podcast. You don't take it seriously. Your voice is annoying. You laugh too much. Totally valid. Totally valid. Hopefully there's a podcast out there that has, there are podcasts out there for you. I get it. I totally get it. Um, Dave says, I rep recommend Mope on TV constantly. Mope is so good. That movie's so dope. I told you that director emailed me a couple like weeks later and was like, they're friend. Why does my nose look so shiny? Um, Mope, the director emailed me and was like, hey, I really like Joe. So that was really cool. That was a really awesome thing. 
Let's take a look here. We got another donation from Kamau Koyaki Taylor. Hey, Jason, I love the podcast. I was curious, have you ever stumbled from upon creepy stories from the Bahamas or the Caribbean? I don't think so, but I will look. That actually sounds, I, that's one thing. If you asked me like where I thought this show would go, um, where we would, I would have never thought we'd be covering so much stuff in other countries. And I love it. I think that's dope. I think that the amount of times we've gone to South America and to Russia for all of our crazy UFO stuff, it's awesome. I think because I read so much stuff in America, um, because I'm in America. But yeah, no, I'll check that out. Kam Kamau, Koyaki, Taylor. There's always that hesitation in my voice whenever I say it. So easy. Oh, and B, I didn't even notice your donation. Thank you so much. It's tiny little B donation. Not the dollar amount. <laughs> Jason, that's even rude. Uh, no, it just kind of, I guess it just flew by. Get it? B just got some new rats. I did see that on the Discord. B got some pet rats. So B and the rats wishing you a happy Thanksgiving. Um, that'd be dope. I would like a little little rat person, little rat person hanging out with me. Aka, anyone remember the giant tentacle aliens living in the Yucatan jungle? I think that was called Monsters, or I think it was the sequel to Monsters. Maybe um, it was kind of boring. Was what Aka said? Yeah, that was probably that was probably Monsters. Then I'm taking a look here at some of the stuff. Yeah, Matt, Rudy Jess says Max Kramer's in a league of his own, definitely. Um, Khaki Cube says I've thought about making video podcasts on things I'm interested in. I recommend it. I do. Listen, it's one of the hardest things that I've done after I say I recommend it. The hardest thing to get people to listen to because it's um, not like YouTube where you can YouTube. I think you can get an audience quicker, but because um, the search engine isn't there with podcasts, I know this is probably boring. Everybody but me, Jackie. Uh, but yeah, no, I do recommend it just to be creative. Just to give you a skill set that you may not have, that you have, and you may want to perfect. It's just awesome. It's really, really cool. I I would recommend um, doing starting with a podcast if you don't have any experience with video stuff, um, because that just I've thought about doing video in the past, and I was like, that's just way too much work for me. Way too much. Work. Rudy Jess says, talking about made-up stories, um, they uh, is in the, yeah, they feel sorry for David Zublick from Dark Elbows. That's gotten weird. That's gotten weird. Uh, David Zublick is now, he now has this female co-host, and he photoshops pictures of him, like, so there's a picture of her doing this. You're like, Jason, I'm not, I'm listening to the podcast. I can't see what you're doing. And then he'll Photoshop a picture of him standing behind her. It's super weird, dude. And then I decided to watch an episode. The, the photo of her is from like 20 years ago. So that's why they can't take pictures together. But I, I feel like he just, I feel like he's simple for this girl. He makes up a lot. I guess I shouldn't feel sorry for him. He's done a lot of weird stuff. He makes up a lot of weird. And it's one thing to say that, you know, Anthony Fauci, became a blubbering mess when the army kidnapped him and took him to Guantanamo Bay. Like that's one lie, but to me, the stuff that David Zublick makes up, you're like, bro, dude, what are you thinking? Like what? Like he's only making stuff up about kids. 
and what's on the one hand, you don't have to make stuff up because we have that Valencia thing going on right now. But he'll be talking about kids underneath ranches and Bill Gates, and he goes on like this really. Actually, actually, not thinking about it. That was real raw news. They go into this real creepy detail with that stuff, and I'm like, dude, what are you thinking about? Duck. I'm not. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Cecil Quasicodal says, "Have I ever seen you on?" Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, I think that the um, it, and then Cecil goes on to talk about how the ghost makes a portal and it kind of manipulates time and space. They did that in I think Jew on two or three as well. I watched one of those um, where you think they get out of the house. The last ten minutes is them walking around town. They've defeated the ghost. Everything's back to normal, and then the girl is at the, the not the ghost girl. The real girl's like. Whew, Finally defeated the ghost. She goes home and she's eating dinner and then she's meeting her friend and they're like, man, this sure was crazy what happened in the house. She's like, I know, man, it totally sucked. She's going to school and she's sitting there and these kids are playing basketball and the kid misses the shot and it's rolling along the, the pavement and the girl, the heroine, is sitting on the bench and she stops the ball with her foot and she looks down and the ball is a little boy's head and then she's back in the house. Like the past week of her life was a hallucination that the ghost had given her to fill her full of hope. I was like, that, I mean, that's a, that's a twist ending. <laughs> you never watched Ocean's was 11. You're like, this is a good movie and all, but I wonder, I wonder if some time and space make them think they have the money. Yeah. So the intro outro theme, maybe. Coming up, thousands episode of Christmas. We don't know for sure. And Kamau Koaki Taylor, happy Thanksgiving to you as well. And Rubicon says, what's the necklace I wear? It's an alien emoji. This is my bling. I actually used to have more chains, but I'm going through a, um, I, I, I got some new ones. I retired my old chains. This is Blingo. I call him Blingo. This is a space alien guy. I went to a Goodwill the other day, and the woman was like, is that an alien around your neck? And I was like, yeah, sure. And she goes, aliens. aliens. It was so fascinating. My mom had visited in town. She's like, not my mom. We're standing there. We're buying stuff. I got like a stuffed Baby Yoda doll. You see him? He's right there. I, I do buy stuffed animals at Goodwill. That's like the, the worst thing you can do. This woman behind the counter, she goes, is that an alien around your neck? And I go, yeah. And she goes, you ever heard about Skinwalker Ranch? You know that there's portals there. They're opening portals. Have you heard about CERN? I should have just pulled out my phone and started recording her. She's like, you know what they're doing at CERN? They opened the portal up and they put their hand through it and they pulled something out. They're messing with the stuff, man. You like aliens? <laughs> I was like, oh my God, where is this going? And I was like, yeah, I go, I go, I, I, I don't know if I particularly like them, but. I find them interesting. She's like, the portals, they got the portals. The government doesn't know what they're messing with. And I was just kind of like nodding my head. I wasn't like, actually, Skinwalker Ranch is probably, probably fraudulent. I go, yeah, I've heard about CERN. I've heard about Skinwalker Ranch. And she goes, I, I've been, I've been places. <laughs> I was like, whoa, are you going to tell me you've been to CERN? She's wearing a scientist lab laboratory coat. She goes, I've been places. Now, here's the thing, right? This, I'm. I'm putting this into a much shorter thing. This went on for about 10 minutes. I'm making it. I'm sitting there with my stuffed baby Yoda. 
my mom got like an Amy Grant CD or whatever address. We're both standing there. We had already gotten our purchases. We had already bought our stuff. And she's like, the, the portals. She goes, I've been places. I've been places. I have walked through the woods and I found the Glen to meditate. And I was like, oh, okay. So now at least like, I remember in my head thinking, okay, threat level is going down. Like she's actually like chilling out because now she's talking about like her spiritual side. She goes, I've been to the Glen and I've meditated. She goes, I've been to the top of the mountain. I've stood at the gates of hell. Oh my God, damn it. Now she's getting, she's getting spooky again. Now I don't have a problem with people being spooky in my presence, but my mom's there. My mom's there. The last time I was with my mom in Sacramento, like this summer, I was having coffee with my mom at Starbucks and this homeless dude walked in and started going, why did you call me a child molester? Why did you call me a child molester? Get up, get up. Now, he wasn't saying that. He was saying that to my mom. My mom's all because you are a child molester. He wasn't saying that to us. The homeless guy was saying it to this guy. He was just sitting down with his friends. And the dude, it's, this is Sacramento, right? The guy was like, the homeless guy was probably in his like his late 20s. And there was this old dude. He probably was like, I shouldn't say old, but he's older than me. He's probably like 55 or something like that, sitting with a bunch of co-workers a bunch of like they all women all look to be in their 40s this homeless man comes in and goes why'd you call me child molester why'd you call me child molester and the 55 year old dude was like dude what are you talking about i've never seen you before and the homeless guy goes why'd you call me child molester the guy the 55 year old man then gets up and starts pushing pushing the homeless dude and they start like having a push fight in the middle of starbucks normally in normal society, the 55 year old man would be like, bro, can someone call the police? Like, I don't know what's going on, but in Sacramento in a Starbucks, it was like four in the afternoon. This 55, 55 year old retiree gets up and starts pushing a homeless man, a violent homeless man. That's what it's like when I hang out with my mom. But so we're sitting there, we're standing there at this Goodwill. And she's like, I've been to the gates of hell. I've met the devil himself. I met him a couple of years ago. I can smell rotting flesh on humans. Sometimes when they walk by me, I, can, I was like, oh, my God, dude, like this is fascinating. But all, for all I know, she's going to pull out a sacrificial knife and go, and I smell it on you and start stabbing us. Well, she didn't do that. I'm still alive. What was he talking about? Oh, the necklace. <laughs> the necklace. Yeah. So I was like, this is all it took to trigger her. All it took to trigger her was a little alien on my neck. Um. Valazor, thank you for swinging by with the. It's, thanks for swinging by to join the live stream. And yeah, Valazor says it would be boring if you didn't goof off every now and then. I think that there is a play, and I think most paranormal podcasts do take a more seriously, especially UFO podcasts. See, so this podcast has a huge audience as far as there are some people who love the true crime. I've realized that people who love ghost stories and UFO stories and Bigfoot stories don't want to hear about kids getting murdered. I mean, who would who would have thought, right? Who would have thought? Um, they don't like the true crime as much. I kind of do maybe one true crime story a week. I do like true crime. There's a lot of people who do like true crime. But there is that mishmash. If you're like, oh, dude, I hope I hear a, a cool UFO story today. I've always thought about doing like a true crime Tuesday and a UFO yai day or whatever. But I go, no, because then you would just see people. I think keeping the mishmash is fine. Like I said, I like the compendium of stuff. You never know what you're going to get. I think it's all pretty much on brand. I used to do weird history stuff. I don't do that as much anymore just because it was, I go that now, now you're kind of, now that's a different podcast. Like it better be so weird 
I do like those episodes about like the five people who fell from the farthest heights and survived. Like, I think that's interesting stuff. But there was a time where I was started doing more of that. And I go, no, no, that's not the podcast. But um, when you're talking about UFOs, people want you to be talking about it seriously. When you're talking about ghosts, it can get a little more lighthearted. True crime, there's a 50-50 split. Some people like the lightheartedness. And that's why you get podcasts like My Favorite Murder. And then there are some people who like it super played straight. And that's how you get like True Crime Garage and stuff like that. Khaki Cube says they, he loves the wheeze laugh. And Mr. Madog says the laugh is contagious. That's, I can't do that on command either. I hope that when you guys hear that, that is me. A lot of times I'm hearing the joke for the first time because I just thought of it while I was talking. And Tony, Toby, Manitoba, same thing. I agree with the humor. Um, yeah, I'm glad you guys like that. I'm glad you guys like it. Yeah, when I get at Rubicon, when I get criticism, it's it's funny because I think it is, if you listen to earlier episodes, and I'm talking like the first couple hundred, sometimes you'll hear a tonal shift for about a week. And that generally means I'm going through something. There, every, show, every so often, I'd say once a season, I'll have a really depressing, a really dark week. And it's not because I'm depressed or dark in life. But I don't know. It's like it could be I could be I don't know what it could be because I can't say that it's bad. But sometimes I'll have to self-correct. I, I try to do a thing where I do not tell a depressing story on Friday or Monday. <laughs> but Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday can be totally awful. And yeah, Kamal Koyaki Taylor, if I do find any stories from the Caribbean or Bahamas, you're definitely getting credit for that shout out. So thank you for putting that on there. Jennifer asks, can I recommend a mic or recording program? I use Audacity, which is a free program. As far as a mic goes, I know a lot of people kind of poo-poo them. Um, a lot of people go with the blue Yeti mics. This isn't the mic I use for my podcast, though. Back when I did music, I had I bought like a $1,200 microphone because I built my own studio. That's the mic I use, but you don't have to use a mic that beefy. I recommend a Shure SM58. Sure. Those are about 100. Sure. SM57s are uh, a little bit less, maybe $30 less. It'll do the job. I think those are both very clean mics. Need a little more interface to work with those things. These Yeti mics will just go in with the USB cord. So it's pretty good stuff. Toby Manitoba says, yeah, Dominican Republic has stories of witches. There's definitely a lot of stuff in those areas that I don't think is being covered. And I should say that sometimes I'll find a story like Fabio sent me that story. Super fascinating about the guy who thought his dad was gang stalking him. It was in Italian. Like there's so much stuff that's out there that we're just not getting. Um, we're just not getting it because it's, you know, it's local true crime or some local weird story. Rico in Acapulco, this is an interesting question, asked, how did the show get added to one of the old conspiracy icebergs? If you look at, I did not do that. If you did, if you look at old, so the conspiracy theory icebergs, the oldest ones I think we dated to around summer of 2017. The show came out in 2018. There was a time, it got removed. There was a time though between 2018 and 2019 where some of the conspiracy theory icebergs have Dead Rabbit Radio on them. Parallel Pipes is a podcast that does a bunch of stuff, but they also do the conspiracy theory icebergs. They talked about this podcast on their YouTube channel, which I appreciate that shout out. Um, sometimes you'll see it just pop up. It's super low tier. Dead Rabbit Radio will be on there. There was another one that would pop up saying Dead Rabbit Radio is hosted by an actual dead rabbit. That was a 
but also appearance. I didn't have nothing to do with that. I've always thought that it would be a good idea to create the stuff we cover on the show is so obscure. You, I don't have time to do this, but I think it would be awesome. You could do a conspiracy theory iceberg just of Dead Rabbit Radio topics. And you wouldn't even be able to fit them all on there. I mean, we're coming up to a thousand episodes. There's at least two stories per episode. So 2000 stories, even if we got rid of half of them, because you're like, oh, that's Jason talking about some weird true crime thing. That's Jason talking about him fighting a dog. Even if you got rid of all of that, you would still have too many entries. And the early episodes had three stories. I mean, you could do conspiracy theory iceberg and you would look at it and you're like, what in the world is the Salt Lake City mud crawler? Which talking about favorite cryptids, I might put that up there. That was a creature that actually could blink out existence, not itself out of existence. It turned the landscape completely pitch black. It was trying to get these two kids. That's a great episode. I love that one. But you could just have that on a... Um, you could, you could, what's up, Justin? You could just have a conspiracy theory iceberg of dead rabbit raider topics. I would love that. Rudy Jazz, how do I get an even fraction of your confidence, Jason? You know, you know, that's an interesting question. Um, I don't even know if there's particularly an answer for it. Obviously, like, I moved every two years. People, I got picked on a lot. I talked about this on the podcast just from being the new guy. And I picked on people because you had to fight back. And obviously, like, people criticize me all the time in not just through emails, not just because of the YouTube show or anything like that, but just when we're laughing, I get the same amount of criticism, I think, a normal person. I'm not saying that I'm not normal, but you know what I mean? Like, if I do have a higher level of comment, just ignore it. Like, I don't care. Um, obviously, certain people saying certain things may offend me or, you know, like, hurt my feelings. But for the most part, like, I guess at a certain point... It, when I was a kid, I guess because I got it as a kid and I gave it as a kid. And I realized that if I was picking on someone, I was, I was reacting in the moment. Like it wasn't that this person actually wasn't that this was actually the worst YouTube video I'd ever seen in my life. It was that I was having a bad day anyways. And his annoying voice started up or what, I, I guess I just don't, I just ignore it. I think. And I can kind of put myself in that person's shoes when they say something mean, I go, yeah, they probably didn't mean it. <laughs> and they're like, and I totally mean it, Jason. You suck. Uh, you know what? I just, I, I guess it's a combination of, of, you have to care, obviously, about what some people think about you. Because it hurts. It hurts if someone that you really care about is like, you you suck. You're super stinky. <laughs> that, would, that would hurt. That would hurt, right? But here's the thing. It wouldn't hurt if I knew I wasn't stinky. Like, I was like, dude, I just got out of the shower. You just watched me get out of the shower. I'm dripping wet. I think that's what it comes down to. How true? How true do you think it is? How true do you think it is? When people go, your laugh's annoying. I go, yeah, yeah, it, can't, it is kind of annoying. Like, there's nothing I can do to change that. So, I mean, okay. And then there's other stuff that people can go. You don't work hard enough. I'd be like, wait, what are you talking? <laughs> that's actually true too. <laughs> that's actually true too, right? Because a lot of times I'm just slacking off at work. But you know what I mean, like. If someone's saying something that is just not true, then I ignore it. And if someone's saying something that is true, but there's not anything I can change, I go. And if it's something that is true that I can change, okay, like maybe I maybe I just want to be stubborn. Maybe I still want to do it. I, I I don't. I think there is something to be said. You can't ignore criticism, but you can gauge how much of an effect it actually has on you. 
definitely. Mr. Madog994 says we need more DRR merch. Um, that'd be nice. I I, that would be nice. He it specifically says uh, liking a um, a Hans shirt. That would be cool if we had a like. Hey, Castro T, thanks for swinging by. That would be cool if we had merch like that. Like, again, I think there's a certain point where the show outgrows, like, what I'm capable of. And then I hate, you know, I wouldn't want to be like, send me your art. Send me your, send me your free art so I can sell it and make money. Like, I don't like doing that. I was really happy that I was able to use that cool Dead Rabbit Radio logo, um, the, the main one by Ash Black, and then we have that cool sticker and all that stuff. Um, there, there, there's something we can, there's something we can work out at some point. Rudy Jazz goes, "How do I find these weirdos? They just find me. I think it's just kind of normal. I think it's just kind of normal in my life. I think everyone finds weirdos. The question is, how much do they actually? How much do you stick around? I was stuck. I was stuck. I didn't want to be rude. Cyber Bunny Neat says, "True crime, good. Yeah, I love the true crime stuff too. I really do. Um, I'm glad it's not just true crime because I think that could get old. But um, for the researching of it, I, I love re reading and all that stuff. Um, Hey, yeah, cast your team. Thanks. Thanks again. I am I am I the best? I don't know, but I appreciate it that you think I am. Rubicon asked about the Tataria. We actually did a very recent episode about Tataria, about the, the great airships. The the whole idea of medieval time I, I, I find that I find Phantom Time super interesting as a conspiracy theory. I don't think it's true. That's the idea that the the world is not actually it hasn't actually been 2,000 years since the birth of Christ. The whole Middle Ages is basically 500 years of human history that didn't happen. It was basically they took story. And here's the thing, like, I'm not a historian. I love history. I think it's absolutely fascinating. But they go, hey, we have this story about, I'm summarizing here. But Phantom Time, you go, well, of course this 500 years happened. We have all this history. Well, the argument against that, again, I, I don't buy this conspiracy theory, but I find it fascinating. They'll go, you have this story of this European king who lived and he had this kingdom and he did X, Y, and Z and then he died. But that actually matches up to a, a ruler from India from 600 BC that lived and did the exact same things and then died. They go, it looks like someone copy and pasted history. That's super fascinating. Like I've looked into that. The same thing when you can look at the story, you can go, well, here's the story of Jesus Christ. Here's the story of like this ancient Babylonian Messiah figure who came. Like, how do these stories match up so perfectly? I find that very fascinating. I don't know if it's the end all be all. I think history may only happen. There's only so many ways you can rule a kingdom. But I do think that's a really interesting theory. Um, hey, no context. Glad you were able to swing by. Yeah, Tatari. It's interesting. Um, we've covered it a couple times on this show. The Phantom Time thing. Again, it's one of those theories that's interesting. I don't know if it's something that I could talk about on the podcast and make it compelling. Like sometimes it comes down to people recommend me stories and I'm like, I'd really just be kind of summarizing a Wikipedia article. Like I have to be able to, my whole idea is like, what take can I have on this story? SJJ Ormsfang, thanks for swinging by. Really, really love it. Dad, Daddy Bobbles, you did music before. Yeah, there's a couple of, I have two of my zombie rap songs on YouTube. I was listening to those again because I was listening to an episode and they're like, 
for the uh, for the classic episodes, which I normally don't listen to the podcast, right? It's nothing to surprise me. But then I constantly get surprised. I see that. I was hearing the zombie rap song, and then I edited it out. So this was something that YouTube had to do because of YouTube and all this stuff. But I edited out the zombie song, so now i got to put the zombie song back in. But, yeah, no, I've done some stuff. I, I basically did some rap music. It's this Eminem meets Ice Cube type of style is what I was going for with zombies. Let's take a look here. Yeah, no con you know, no context is talking it's still about the Tatar, the Tatarian Empire. Um, it's an interesting thing. Uh, they're saying it's nothing but the history of the word Tatar. Um it's fascinating. Like I do think that it's been blown out of proportion as to far as what it is. But we also have that story about the people living in the Great Wall of China, which I guess probably is isn't the best way to be like, well, if you believe in Tataria, if you don't believe in Tataria, there's people living in Great Wall of China. I just love the the history mysteries. The history mysteries, you know, that we have. Um, yeah, Mr. Maddox says the iceberg sometimes will just say dead rabbit. Nothing else, just dead rabbit. So who knows? Lots of stuff. I know that it was saying um the dead rabbit radio. I've seen that one. Sometimes I'll just say that right. A lot of times, Alberta of Tasmania, you have a great Thanksgiving as well. Sometimes people will shorten it to dead rabbit. They won't. And which is fine, right? I'm not going to be like, what? Thanks for recommending my podcast, but you left a word out. No, that happens. It's totally fine. It's totally fine. Rico in Acapulco mentions the Fresno Nightcrawlers. You know, that was something I... When I first saw the Fresno Nightcrawlers, I was like, oh, dude, these are totally dope. This is super spooky. And that was one of the things that when I started doing the podcast, because I have to find content for every day, I kind of have a better system now. But early episodes of the podcast, I was like, what am I going to cover? Like today, like I have an episode due in a couple hours. I remember going, oh, Fresno Nightcrawlers, those will be cool. And I found a video completely debunking them. And that was actually an interesting time when I was doing the podcast. Super early episode. I found a video that completely debunked the Fresno Nightcrawlers. Like, he replicated it. He made it exactly look the same. And I remember I was kind of mad. I was like, what? No, those are dope. I really... <laughs> this is a true story. I don't think I've talked about it before on the podcast. I was mad. I really liked those cryptids. I thought it was cool. Like, I remember I'd seen those things for years. Not, like, outside my window or nothing, but... Man, and I remember when I was getting, I, when I saw that, I was like, do I mention this? Should I not mention, <laughs> should I not mention that I saw something that I clearly watched the whole video that is not my, that proves that I'm wrong. I remember that was a mo moment for the show where I go, yeah, let's talk about it. And I think it made this, I think it made it more interesting. Like if I find something that said, like, that 100%, now again, it's possible that they're real. But after I saw the video, I go, oh, no, these things, this was a camera trick. But I remember there was that moment where I was like, do I want to, do I want it? I could just do an episode. I could just do the story on the Fresno Night Crawlers. It's the first story. It's not the main thing. And I go, no, let's put this in. And, and I that was the right decision. Because I think it makes it more interesting when you can show that. The story about the man from Torred is really cool, but the fact that now we know it was a court case in Japan where a guy was flying Japan with fraudulent documents, that makes that makes the story way better. It, to me, it does. 
there's a million stories about people disappearing in the thin air. Maybe not a million, but there's a lot. There's uncomfortably a lot of them. The man from Torrid having that ending, just like this treasure of forest Finn having that ending was. Yeah. So, yeah, Fresno Nightcrawlers, I do like them. A khaki cube, yeah, with the uh, people have said I don't work hard enough. But, again, I think what I was saying, I do have a daily podcast, at, but, um, yeah, they say that they've said that at actual jobs. They'll say that when I, you know, maybe you could work more. To be fair, I probably could work more. And then Khaki Cube says this is the only daily podcast that I know of. It's funny when I started doing this, I found another one, but I'm thinking I might have been mistaken. I even talked about on the show the Jason guy from Ghost Hunters. I think it was Jason. He had a daily ghost hunting podcast. It's gone now. If it ever existed in the first place, I couldn't find it again. This is. This is easily the only daily paranormal podcast. There are daily news podcasts that have whole teams doing them or daily opinion podcasts that have whole teams. This is the only daily. This is the only daily paranormal podcast. And I think it might be the only daily solo podcast that's lasted four years. And Jennifer says my laugh is contagious. I, I, I'm glad that some people like my laugh. I think, if it, I think at this point, if you're still listening to the podcast, you like the quirks. I think if the mispronunciations drove you nuts, you're just like, dude, like, because obviously, like, there was one episode I did. This is probably the episode that was probably the most flawed in that sense. And this was 100% uh, my fault, right? I could have totally avoided this. I did the episode Chantrix Delusions. It was basically the non-smoking medicine should have had a black box label. People were killing themselves and going nuts, and all they wanted to do was get off of nicotine. And I mispronounced it the entire episode. I think I still mispronounce it. I think it's Chantix, not Chantrix. And one guy on YouTube, this is totally fair. He goes, compelling topic. But the fact that you couldn't say the title, you couldn't say the subject of it correct, ruins the whole thing. He's 100%, 100%. When I mispronounce a person's name, yeah, that's rude, right? I know that it's rude. When I mispronounce the name of a country <laughs> or something that people should know, I think it's not rude, but it's it's goofy, right? I should I don't have time to check every single name though to constantly be running these through. But if that I mean, come on, like and again, that wasn't me mispronouncing it. That was, that was me misreading it for whatever reason. Like it's clearly it's chantix. It's Chantix. You look at the word, it is clear there is not an R in... It's not me mispronouncing it. It's me misreading it. Hilarious. But not hilarious, right? It's a great, great topic. And... Yeah, totally ruined it. Horrible Night to Have a Curse just said, um, with the fan art... Um, I can use it for merchant promotional material. Yeah, I appreciate that. A lot of times before I go out to use something, I'll send you an email. I mean, I'll always ask for the Fan Art Friday. I'll be like, hey, can I use your art for the Fan Art Friday? Because someone may go, no, this is just for you and me. And I'll be like, oh, okay, it's totally fine. Um, but yeah, if I am going to use it for stickers or something like that, I'll shoot you an email. And yeah, I, I think there would be, the merch thing is more dicey because at that point I'm making money. 
And what's weird is the, the the merch store, they only let you have two designs at one. It would be so awesome to have, like, a drawing of Hans standing on, like, the monolith and the monkeys underneath them. I don't know. Actually, that's probably... People are like, man, I listen to every episode, and I still don't understand what that means. You know, like 2001, you have Hans, and then the monkeys from 2001, or whatever. You could do all sorts of stuff. You could have Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes! And Hans being like, get your hands off of me, you man in a costume. People are like, what? All that stuff. It would be great. I Corbin's channel also asked if I beat Sleeping Dogs yet. I did. I'm almost done with the, the Dying Light DLC, the following. I'm kind of just killing Volatile Nest at this point. I could finish the game in like an hour. I beat the main game. I'm just kind of prolonging it a bit. I'm getting back to actually working on the podcast this weekend. Um, oh, that's interesting. Khaki Cube says there's another version of the, hey, El Pato, happy Thanksgiving. Um, the uh, Fresno Nightcrawler, there's another video. So I can look into that as well. But my hopes are dashed already. B says Dead Rabbit Radio tote bag, which would be awesome. Um, yeah, I think all that merchandise stuff would be great. Yeah, uh, no context. The Man from Torred did come from a book. We covered that, but it actually was a real story. We covered that, too, on the episode of Return to Torred. He was a real man who was trying to commit identity theft, and they arrested him. And there's trial records. Like, there's actual documents. There's papers of when it was covered in the... Uh, Japanese press. There was some dude on Reddit who was like, this is how, how it ended. This guy, the whole saga goes, hey, I saw people talking about this thing called Man from Torred. Like, I know how that ended. Like, I'm not, I don't know why I'm giving him that goofy voice. He's all, duh. I want to tell you the story. No, he's like, it's so funny because around the world, it was this, well, not around the world, but in the world paranormal community, that was on the iceberg. The Man from Torred. This was a big mystery. I remember this one from years ago. Some guy's like, oh, yeah, no, that's actually real. I saw that in the newspaper. What? So, yeah, that'll happen. That happened another time, too. There was a really disturbing creepypasta for a long time going around. Uh, should I even bring it up? I might as well because, you know, we're almost – we're actually going to be wrapping up the live stream soon anyways. But um, never mind. I don't want to talk about it. I don't, I don't, We'll talk about it on an episode. So, I mean, it was a creepy pasta that turned out to be real. I remember I was on the export that night, and people were like, what? That's totally fake. And then someone was like, no, that's real. It actually happened to people. Like, I remember, like, reading this, like, oh, the, it, people always say this happens. And someone goes, no, it was from this guy named Peter Scully. He, there was this old creepypasta about this horrific videotape documenting some of the worst stuff, and it went along with the grifter. People would always talk about it. It went along with... The Grifter, which was his made of creepypasta. And for years, the people always talked about this. And one night on the export, someone was like, no, that's a real that's a real video. Like, I've never seen it, but that's real. And people were like, it's not real. People have been saying it's real for years. And then they posted a link in Wikipedia. They posted like a Wikipedia link. And I remember being like, what in the world? And it was a real story. 100% was a real story. It was a real videotape. All those years you heard this horrific description, it was real. There was a, no, it wasn't a link to Wikipedia. It was a link to an ABC News Australia news report. Because Wikipedia page could have been made up. It was an ABC News report. And yeah, Corbin's. And you're watching it. You're watching the ABC News report and it talks about the video. I remember being absolutely floored. I remember 
like what in the world? Like for years, we thought that this was, you hoped it was fake. And it was always talked about along with the grifter, which was totally made up. So that's really what happened with the, um, I mean, the man from Tor is a more lighthearted version of that, but someone just happened to be walking around the export that night and said, no, 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 that's real. And what's funny is in Australia, everybody knew it was real or everyone who watched ABC News or was part of following this case of Peter Scully knew that it was real. Yeah, Rudy, it's real, but the kid didn't die. Like, I think that part was that. I don't even want to talk about it any more than that, but um, there was no murder involved in it. But every other horrible thing was. But yeah, it's just like you have these things kind of immortalized into creepypasta or these stories like the man from Torrid. I don't know why we always have to get so depressing. That I do have a rule. No depressing on. Fridays and Mondays, and I don't want to end the um, this with a depressing thing. So, what is something? Look at <laughs> everything's depressing. Look at I got my stuffed Freddy Krueger. Now you're going, Jason. You have an awful lot of stuffed animals. First off, you were like, no, we're not going to talk about stuffed animals. Why do you have a stuffed? Freddy Krueger. Well, the, okay, yeah, there's a good, that's a really good question. But I got this stuff, Freddy Krueger, now you're thinking, okay, Jason, stuff, Freddy Krueger. But can he dance? Do these look like legs that are going to dance? Look at this. No, I don't have any tattoos. Uh, uh, that's what, that's not what Freddy Krueger asked me. That was what uh, Mr. Mad Dog looked. But watch this. So, yeah, you're the chase. That was your way of cheering. That was your way of cheering people up. You have a stuffed animal. You have a stuffed man who says, I'm going to split you in two. Let's play skin the cat. That's going to be the end of your life. But his legs move. His legs move. His little legs move. He has other quotes, but they're not any more appropriate than that one. Isn't that awesome? Rudy Jazz asked, would I ever get a tattoo? I used to want tattoos. I, do, I would not get a tattoo. I have nothing against people who get tattoos. It's not, not a big deal. I just don't. I remember like back when I was being beat people up, all that stuff. <clears throat> I'd get like, like, what type of tough guy could I possibly, what kind of tough guy tattoo could I possibly get that just would not... I think part of it is like I seem anything that would have got a tattoo of in my 20s, I would have thought was cringy today. And any tattoo I got in my 30s, I would have felt was cringy today. So any tattoo I get today, I'm going to feel like it's cringy when I'm 50. Like, But I got no problem. I mean, people get tattoos. When I was a kid, nobody had tattoos, only gangsters and sailors. That was it. That was it. <laughs> if you were a gangster sailor, you were completely covered in it. Now everyone has a tattoo. It's just not my thing. Toby asked if I would ever try DMT. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's the machine elf drug, right? I think with any sort of, I'm not, I've never done a hallucinogen. I've never done mushrooms or acid or anything like that. I accidentally tripped hard on Benadryl a couple times because I was taking so much of it. But um, 
I'd probably not. I mean, it would have to depend. I looked into it. I'd look at like trip reports. I've done that before. I, I've never even done like salvia or anything like that. Like I'm pretty, I don't like, I don't even, that's the the reason why I don't like drinking that much. I don't like my reality to be kind of goofed with. So like drinking, even if like smoking weed, weed has gotten so strong. Like you'll hallucinate you're like standing next to someone who smoked last week okay maybe that's a bit of an exaggeration but back when i did smoke back in my 20s i would hallucinate i would i would do copious amounts of weed i would smoke all the time i wake and bake that was me can you tell can you tell the fact that the stories i tell and what i'm into i'd wake and bake i'd eat it not weed brownies, by the way. I would not cook it and make it into oils. I would take Bammer weed. I don't even know if that's a term anymore. That cheap brown weed. And I'd put it on a chocolate chip cookie. And then I'd... I'd eat the cookie. <laughs> My eyes are drying out just telling the story. I'm out of a flashback. And then, if you didn't think that was bad enough, I used to just... Okay, to be fair, because Akka just says blaze it. Like, I did smoke a good amount of it. But if it was a bunch of bam or if it was a bunch of cheap stuff or if I <laughs> if I didn't have a lighter or I didn't have a soda can, I did tell that story. I, I would so I couldn't roll a joint. My fingers were not that dexterous. Dexterous? Anyways, so I would <laughs> that's gonna make sense. The fact that I can't pronounce the words gonna make sense. I would smoke I would make a pipe out of a Coke can. Um and I'd smoke like that. But sometimes I would put the weed on a cookie and then eat the cookie, and then eventually I realized why am I eating the cookie? <laughs> so I just, that's the lesson I learned. I would spoon it into my mouth. <laughs> I would eat spoonfuls of dried weed, of just bammer, cheap bammer. Now, normally I didn't smoke bammer, right? And normally I smoked good stuff. But if I had bammer, I'd eat it by spoonful. <laughs> And so the fact that I would hallucinate pretty hard, the, my worst hallucinate, I did tell that story about when I used to smoke weed out of a can, I went to hell. That wasn't even my, that to me didn't feel like a hallucination. I hallucinated before. That was when I was eating, <coughs> eating spoonfuls of weed. Um, Khaki says he imagines me as a goblin. When I'm describing my weed habits, I would eat spoonfuls of weed. I would full on hallucinate. I was watching, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I think it was season five, season premiere, hanging out with my friends Liz and Nick. Liz, who gave me this little guy. I go, dude, Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the best show ever. So the only way to make it better, <laughs> the only way to make it better is to eat spoonfuls of weed. So I ate a bunch of, ba- this is the first night I did it. I ate a bunch of Bammer and I was watching it and I was like, what? I'm not high yet. And the show's almost over. That was the episode where Buffy fought Dracula. And so I was like, oh, man. I mean, the episode wasn't that good either. <laughs> that was kind of the down. The show kind of started not be good after season three. But it's, I still enjoyed it. I was eating my weed, and I watched the whole episode of Buffy. I was like, oh, man, I didn't even get stoned. I didn't even get stoned. Then I ate all of my weed. I didn't even have any weed to smoke. I was like, oh, man. So then that that was from eight to nine, and then from nine to ten, I was like, "Oh, dude, I'm not even stoned. Like, this kind of sucks. It's a it's a Wednesday night, and I'm sober. What has my life become?" And then it, it's like nine to 
10. Now, remember, it's probably be about, I thought it was pretty late, honestly. I thought it was like 10, 30, 11. I'm sitting on the couch. I'm watching Married Children I'm sitting next to, I think I think Nick and Liz was somewhere around me. I, reality kind of broke at this point. I'm sitting on the couch, and I'm watching Married Children, which is, in my opinion, one of the best sitcoms. And I'm just watching it. Just totally fine. Normal, right? Normal normal Wednesday night, except I'm not stoned. I'm watching Married Children, and then Bud Bundy looks at me and then crawls out of the television set. Like, this was before The Ring. This is before I'd ever seen anything like this. I watched it there, and all of a sudden, Bud Bundy crawled out of the television set and is standing in the living room. And I, like a scene from a David Lynch movie, started going, uh, and I remember like my yell was ramping up like a car was accelerating. And I start climbing backwards up the couch. And the people who were sitting next to me, I was totally normal just sitting there. And all of a sudden I started going, no. And I'm like screaming. I'm now... My butt's on the top of the couch, and they have no idea what's going on. They're just sitting next to this dude who, hard they know, is not stoned. He's totally fine. And they start grabbing me because they know something's wrong, right? They know something's wrong. Something's so wrong, and they're grabbing me. And I remember I turned, and I looked at Nick. And the look on his face, dude, he was like, he was freaking out. My eyes were all red. There was no white left. My eyes were so dry. They were so red. They were YouTube red. And I was like, he came out of the I started yelling. I'm like fighting my friends. He's out of the television. Bud Bundy came out of the television. They're like, bro, chill out, dude. I'm like, ah. And I was like totally freaking out. Well. Uh, they had to call poison control. <laughs> yeah, they had to call poison control. They didn't know if I was going to die. This was like 2001, maybe. Maybe. I think it was like 2000. So it was like <coughs> weed was still super illegal in California. Um, <coughs> excuse me, that's that cough coming back. They called poison control and they're like, well, was it laced? And they go, uh, Liz was like, no, I don't think it was laced. And uh, they go, how much did he eat? And she's like, a lot. She's like, a lot. They're like, did he make it in brownies? And they're like, no, he just ate it. Just ate it like a hobo. And I remember, so they said, you have to poop it out. It's going to be, you're going to be high as long as it goes the whole time. It's moving through your intestines. It's still sucking weed out. So you're going to be high for hours and hours and hours and hours. I was like, no. I remember being... So distraught because I was so out of it. And then to wrap the whole thing up, the next day, the very next day, I was just laying there. I was finally sobered up. I ate more weed. I ate more weed. I was like, dude, that was the best high that I had. They're like, Jason, you were fighting us on the couch. You thought Bud Bunny came out of the television set. Your eyes basically died at that point. There's no moisture whatsoever. But I was like, no, dude, but you don't get it. I was so stoned. So from then on, whenever I had a bunch of Bammer, I never went out and looked for it. I never was like, yo, 
you got, you got any of that garbage weed? But um, from then on, if I ever had Bammer, I ate it. And I would get, I would hallucinate. I would get full on. But I never saw Bud Bunny crawl out of the television set again. I would never see that. I, I miss him. I wanted to give him a hug. But yeah, so that is a perfect way to wrap up the live stream. I have to end this, uh, but I'm so glad that you guys stopped by. That was a lot of fun. And I'm glad we ended it on a happy note. Not a depressing note. You're like, Jason, don't even talk about depressing. It's reminding me of that other story. Guys, we have, we're going to be back in, uh, what is it, Tuesday or Wednesday of next week, December 1st. We're coming back. We're coming up to our 1,000th episode. Can't even say that word. Coming up to episode 1,000. That's a huge thing. We're coming up to Christmas. We'll be doing another Christmas live stream. And so much stuff coming. We got a lot of good stories. We got a lot of, I, I plan on being here for the next couple of years. Other than some horrific thing happening to me, but Bundy comes back. But Bundy comes back. The mushroom industry comes to silence me. Any of that stuff, Forrest Finn's ghost possesses me and makes me write another crappy autobiography. Despite or if unless any of that crazy stuff happens, we're gonna be back for years and years and years doing this podcast because I love it and I hope you guys love it too. We're gonna be doing more shorts, so you true crime people. That's for you, and uh, we're just going to keep rocking it. Hopefully, get back on YouTube at some point, but we really got to weigh the pros and the cons. But I'm so glad you guys came out. Thank you, everyone, for supporting the show. Thank you, everyone, for the donations. You guys are going to be piloting the vehicles and get your shout-outs in the episodes um, coming up as well. Love it. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you, everyone, for sticking around. Yeah, Mr. Mad Dog, I'm going to give me some Denison's Chili and uh, maybe some Coca-Cola today because it's the holidays. Bye, Charlotte. Bye, Rudy. Bye, Handsome Banana. MewTube, Atcha, Castro, Khaki Cube, Fabio, all you guys. Thank you so much. And everyone who's not commenting, everyone who's just listening, hanging out, no context, Dave, all you guys, RubyCon, everyone who's just hanging out, Drunk Bob, Corvus Channel, B, flying back in for one more donation. I really appreciate it. Have a great day, guys. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Khaki Cube, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's If you support the show in any way, don't get hung up on the Patreon stuff or donating the money. I appreciate all of it. Master of Ellipses, have a great night. I'm going to go look up some Caribbean stuff for you, Kamala. We'll get it done. Have a great one, guys. I'm getting dabbed on by everybody. I love you guys. Have a good day. And happy Thanksgiving. That was fun.